The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, I say to you, it will be hard for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and said, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For men, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. Then Peter said to him in reply, We have given up everything and followed you. What will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, that you who have followed me in the new age, when the Son of Man is seated on his throne of glory, will yourselves sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for the sake of my name, will receive a hundred times more, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. There's a couple of really important sort of historical distinctions in today's, in today's gospel, and then I'll get to the practical, practical application, which is just a funny story about me. I know you guys all love those. And so um, there's one important thing that happens is that when Jesus is referring to the, the eye of the needle, so there's like a big, you know, main way to go into, you know, the city of Jerusalem, like a big gate and everything like that. But there's times of the day where that would be closed, you know, so that it could protect the city. And so there was a gate that was referred to as like the eye of the needle. And it was basically impossible. The gate was too narrow to go through with like a camel laden with stuff, essentially. And so this idea of like passing through the eye of the needle is you had to unburden and unload yourself before you can even get into inside the city gate. So that was something that they would have been familiar with, this idea that like the camel going through the eye of the needle, if you actually think about it in real life, it's even more insane, right? You know, you're like, okay, like that's not going to happen. So he's giving them a practical implication for something that they were well aware of in their life, um, that you had to unload this, this camel and then like get off of it so that the camel could duck through the gate, and then you would have to walk through single file, essentially. And, um, and then the other thing that's really important here is that, you know, and, and again, there's always a little bit more than just that historical meaning. There's a spiritual level. There, there's mul- multiple levels of the scripture. And then also the, the last shall be first and the first shall be last is a really important distinction about that God appears to a people. He appears to the Israelites, the Jewish people. But as we notice throughout time, once Jesus actually comes, they don't really, you know, as as a large group, you know, of course, there are many Jewish converts, you know, obviously, 
um, the disciples being, being many of them, um, but, but, but as a whole, they don't really convert, right? And so what, what is always said and what their interpretation was and understanding at the time is that the people, the, the Jewish people, will be the last ones in time to actually come back to Christ and realize, oh, it actually is, is the Christ. So that's an important distinction there, that he was revealed to them first, but as a whole, as a large group of people, they might be the last to actually be converted and understand that Christ is the Christ. <laughs> and so, um, but one, one thing that happened to me when I was at Mount Angel was that, you know, every once in a while it would get kind of hot up there. And I, I remember there was a couple guys in one of the dorms that, that had like, you know, those little air conditioning units with, you know, not the ones that go in the window, but the one that sit on the floor and then you put like the hose out the window or whatever. And so at one point, I just wasn't getting very good sleep, which is a hard thing as a seminarian because you have like early mornings and like the studying and everything like that. And so I got one of those little air conditioning units. And, um, and I remember I was in my, my um, formation meeting with one of, which was one of the monks at Mount Angel, who shall remain nameless, although he's a wonderful and great and holy priest. <laughs> but he said that he kept asking these questions. He was just like, how is simplicity going? And I had no idea like what he was leading towards initially because it was so sort of passive aggressive <laughs> of a questioning. And I was just like, oh, yeah, things are fine, blah, blah, blah. And then it, like, finally clicked into my head, or, like, I finally got clued in. But I was a little bit more immature in my formation that day, so I didn't let on that I understood what he was talking about for a, for a while. So I was like, oh, what do you mean, Father, blah, blah, blah. And then I was explaining, this is what I said to him. I said, well, at the apex of my material wealth, I was once a married man with a house, a car, two dogs, a yard, a lawnmower, and everything in between. I said, now I live in a dorm room on a hilltop next to a monastery. So I think I'm, it's going pretty well. You know, simplicity is what I said to him. And then, and then he looked at me and didn't say a word. And I said, is this about the air conditioner? And he said, yes. <laughs> and so it's one of that. And I said, well, and if I'm honest with myself, it would probably be hard for me and my camel to get through the eye of the needle with my air conditioner in tow. And so that was definitely a lesson to me, though, of what we can let go. And it's a reminder, even just to be questioned in that way, it's just like, are we holding on to too much? You know, do we, do we have too much in our life? You know, of course, that was like my first or second year of formation. So now, now I'm the holy and healthy, you know, spiritual priest that you see before you today, you know. But, but we just have to ask ourselves that question. In our spiritual life, it really is a journey. And one of that we actually want growth. You know, we really do want to grow in holiness. And to be able to do that is to be able to let go of things of this earth or have a very loose attachment to them. You know, in reality, um, air conditioners, cars, different things like that that are convenient, that's, that's fine and good. If you can leave them at that. Uh, conveniences that, that easy come, easy go at, at some point in our life. But the challenge really becomes when somebody is so well taken care of sort of materially or financially, that it gives them the illusion that they can absolutely take care of themselves, that they're self-sustaining. And so they no longer actually rely on the providence of God to, to provide for them. That's why, you know, many of the poor have a better connection with God because they understand what it's like to rely on something outside of themselves. And so that's why it's so important to be poor in spirit. It's not impossible for the rich person to enter into heaven, 
but it does become more difficult because that illusion is sort of there that like, oh, well, I can provide for myself. In every situation that I've ever been in, I could always take care of it because I've got the, the resources to do so. But sometimes when we strip ourselves down of those resources, we really realize that how much we need the Lord. But everybody needs the Lord. So no matter what our state is, we have to realize like that even if we have material wealth, that we have to have a very loose grip on it because, you know, naked we come into this world and, and you know, as we, as we were reminded of yesterday with, uh, with Bill's passing, you know, we don't take anything with us when we go and we don't know when it will happen either. So, so we have to start relying on the Lord and not relying on what the world can provide for us. God bless you all.